Welcome to the Mentoring Club Insights Podcast, sponsored by our partner LinkedIn. We are glad you have tuned in to this recording and hope it will help you on your growth journey. Hi, I'm Daniel and with me is Jess and today we will be talking a bit about strategy, but let's maybe first introduce ourselves. Uh, so Jessica, what's your background? What do you have to do with strategy? Uh, hey Daniel, um, I well, I work in product for almost uh, 12 years now, so I'm a product manager with all my passion. <laughs> and um, of course, over the course of the years, um, I have moved from being a hands-on product manager towards a, a leadership role in product and with leadership comes strategy. And um, this is why I thought this would be awesome to talk to you about strategy today and give our listeners um, some insights as to you know how to write product strategies and um, what is important to consider and what is maybe not important to consider and yeah i would just like to you know share some thoughts with you and learn from you and understand how you are doing it and uh, yeah give back to our community nice I mean, for me, it's actually, it's interesting, almost the other way around. I come from a more strategic background and I'm now moving over time more into uh, also executionary roles. So my first job was as a strategy consultant at McKinsey with a focus on on uh, strategy. And um, now I'm at the moment working as CTO at Optilize. Um, over the last years, I've been building startups, mostly from engineering, but also product perspective. And right now I'm actually in the process of setting up the product strategy for Optilize, which is something where I hope I can learn something from you. <laughs> awesome. So you've started with uh, consulting all the big companies that we all know pretty well. And now you've moved over to, you know, the smaller ones and applying all of the work that you have consulted on before, I'm assuming. Yes, and it's actually a bit different because for um, the bigger company strategy often is a 100-page PowerPoint presentation, whereas if, if you're a first-time founder, then strategy means thinking about what do we do next week. And um, this can be a completely different format, but also a completely different uh, way to do. And what I've learned over the time is that these two, actually they grow together with the company growing. Um, you need to have more uh, insights into the future, the bigger the organization is. Uh, and you need to be able to talk about it more in front of uh, everyone so that everyone is aligned. Whereas if you're just yourself and a co-founder, usually this happens naturally by just discussing about it uh, during, during the workday. So um, it was quite an interesting journey from, uh, from both sides. Oh, well, I can totally imagine this. Well, how do you feel about sharing a bit of what you have learned at McKinsey then first? Um, I have to say I've also always used the I don't know if it's the McKinsey approach or just one of several McKinsey approaches, but what I really enjoy is using the situation complication solution framework when I write strategies, which in essence means that first, you know, I just describe the status quo, which means, you know, just looking at the market, looking at the customers and looking at the product if it exists already. And then moving over to explaining why what is there at the moment is either not sufficient or why I have a strong belief that maybe the market will change or customer behavior will change and so on and so forth, which is then the complication part where, you know, I come with data and um, ways to prove um, the standpoint to then move over to the solution, which is then the majority of, you know, the, the overall strategy um, document. 
But I think this approach has always helped me in structuring my thoughts and making sure that there is a story in the strategy that's easy for people to read and then also later easy to remember. But I, yeah, I would just love to hear whether this is also the approach you have been following or whether there are other approaches that um, are valuable for everyone to know about. I think the honest answer is that also inside McKinsey from my, my limited exposure, I wasn't working with everyone there, obviously. Um, the approaches are quite different. And this one actually is a quite important one um, for reasons that I will go, uh, go into later, but also classical things like SWOT analysis and um, understanding um, strength, opportunities, um, weaknesses, and threats. Uh, this is something that also happened a lot of times. But the most important part around this, uh, in my experience, was always to figure out the details around the situation. So um, the, the reason why I like the starting with the situation so much is if you just make recommendations on what should we do, where should we go, um, and they are not specific to the company, then it's actually really likely that things will fail. Uh, at McKinsey, most of the time on a strategy project is spent talking to people and understanding both where is the company internally, but also to experts and to customers on what is going out, uh, on outside. And the framework is uh, used more as a reminder of um, making sure that we cover all the steps. But the, the meat of the strategy usually comes from really understanding what's going on and making sure that the understanding of the situation is not only superficial thing that can be applied everywhere. But if, if it's not controversial, then it's not, not really a good understanding of the situation yet. If everyone just agrees with it, then there's most likely something that, uh, that you've missed. And how would you describe in the process of writing the strategy is the 80% of the work spent on the situation and then also this is reflected in the length of this part in the document or how how would you say like overall is the share of work on each of the three areas and then later also the let's say number of pages or slides depending on what people do um, in the final document. I think this depends also a lot on the situation. So this is something which changed for me drastically from my time at McKinsey to my time now working with startups. At McKinsey, there was a lot of slides also on implementation and how to go forward because there was just a huge organization who needed to move and therefore um, it made sense to think about each part of that. So even though a lot of time um, of research actually was spent on the situation, then the communication, and that's what the slides are used for, was mostly focused on making sure that each part of the organization understand where they need to go. If I now look at, um, at my work with startups, then here it's usually flipped in the um, slides as well. So it's, one, it's not usually slides, um, but also um, the situational part becomes becomes significantly bigger and becomes a significantly larger part of the communication because the people who then execute are not that far away from this. Well, most often, just understanding the situation for them is more important than understanding the next steps so that they can adapt and they can use that to, to go forward. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I would add to this that it's even it's the stakeholder management overall where we want to make sure that people understand where we are coming from with the strategy but then also this basically builds the foundation for everything that comes afterwards so i would even say that the initial time spent on identifying what's important in the situation is the majority of this of the time um, when you you know 
work with the strategy. Um, although this might end up being only, as you said, like few slides or one page um, of a written document because then you can condense it in a pretty nice way and don't need to have pages over pages with the summary of everything that you have learned. Now, mm -hmm. if we want to give some practical guidance um, to our listeners, what do you think are maybe the three to four most important questions in the situation part that you know they should look at? Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I'm usually doing this nowadays in the context of product and engineering strategy. So one of the questions, uh, especially around startups for me always is, where are we and what can we do? Because um, if we look at the technical capabilities we have, uh, understanding where we come from can um, already show us some things where we might already be better than uh, the uh, competition. And most of the time for startups, I would try to not focus too much on the competition yet, but more on what we can do for the customer, um, because it's an area where there might not even be that much people working yet on, on the really interesting kind of solutions. Um, the second question that I would always uh, add around this is, um, what is the actual problem we solve for our customers? This goes a bit into this jobs to be done theory, which um, is a way to think about a product where in the end, if I'm listening to music, then I can do this with my iPod, with my phone, with my stereo at home, and listening to music on the go uh, might be a slightly different job, um, where some of the devices might, might be able to do the same, but some might not. I might not be able to take my stereo. So understanding the situation where customers actually use the product in and why they use it um, is uh, often more important than, than getting stuck in uh, how we actually solve the problem there. Um, and the third one that I also always like to, to put out uh, in this direction is from a, um, uh, from a customer perspective, uh, what will change in their markets? So we know what, how they use the product now, but what are they thinking about? What is their strategy? Because the way that their strategy moves allows us to also think about how we might need, uh, move or might be able to move before or uh, before anyone else thinks about it because everyone else might be never gazing and just thinking about changes for ourselves instead of changes for our customers. What's your go-to top three questions? <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say that um, I think you and I both have a pretty customer-centric mindset, um, which I think is also the way to go if you want to be successful with digital products. Mm. Um, I would um, totally second the jobs to be done theory. So this is one thing that's very important to understand customer behavior or also customer struggles because we might come across jobs that are very difficult at the moment or even you know not solvable which is then where the product answer that we can build um, should come from uh, so this is definitely one that I'm also asking um, and moving now to the second part of um, a strategy document which is around the complication is then where we should ask Looking at the status quo, what will change in the coming months? Which means that the situation we have at the moment cannot be sustained. And here, I think it's always interesting to either we already have an idea, right? Because we know, I don't know, um, 
there's new technology entering the market for example ai just becoming more and more prominent and we can then ask ourselves okay how does new technology change the way customers perceive a certain product or where they maybe stop using one product my product in worst case um, which you know requires uh, the company to act um, or how do legal changes for example require a product to change and stuff like this which then all fo is formulated and summarized in the complication part and once these two chapters let's call them are finished i then really enjoy writing the solution part because i've set the stage correctly and now it's just a matter of understanding what is the best solution to solve this customer problem or what's the best solution towards a legal requirement or an obligation that we just need to address and come up with um, again, a customer-centric mindset and really, you know, solve an existing problem to, to an extent that customers can use it and make sure that the new version of the new product is better than what customers were used to seeing before. Is this a good summary, Daniel? I think that makes a lot of sense and it brings us a bit towards also the, the later part of the document because now the situation analysis, as we mentioned, I think it's that that is a really core part, but also then thinking about how to implement it is something that cannot just be skipped. And one of the things that I learned there is a lot of times um, when coming in uh, externally, people already know about the direction roughly. There is already some idea of things that might change, but what um, might what often helps is to make the hard calls. So um, one way I've come to analyze strategies is, are there any trade-offs in there which are not directly obvious where you could just directly say, yeah, it's, it's obvious we want to, to be more customer-centric, to be like, like this more generic idea. And where are the things where we, where we in this specific situation, need to make a trade-off? And for example, say, oh, we have a technical problem that our code base is not set up well enough, so we now make the explicit decision to not add any new features for the next three months and just clean it up, which will be painful. But this is, for me, a good example of a strategy. It might not be the right call, depending on the situation. But if it is, if the suggestion is, let's just do everything at once and let's not make any trade-offs, then this, in my experience, usually fails. Yeah, absolutely. It, it so often is, I think, a question of how to sequence different work packages, let's say, and understanding where they depend on each other, but also where the order of things just matter because we will fail if we do it the wrong way. And this is also what I'm always doing with um, the peers or colleagues that I am working with on strategies is at the end just asking, hey, if we look at this now, does the sequencing make sense? Is what we're suggesting correct from a ways of working perspective and will this make us fast and successful over the long run which by the way speaking of long run um, is also always an important um, topic to discuss and uh, maybe something that we can clarify here i have seen some people using a strategy and the roadmap um, in the same context Although I would like to stress how different these two are, I've not. I don't. I don't know whether you have experienced the same thing. But um, what I have seen is that some people think because they have created a twelve-month roadmap, 
and know, you know, how the product should change um, over or evolve, let's say, over the next 12 months, that this is automatically then also their strategy. And while time horizons might change, as you said earlier, in a startup, um, you know, you think about the next two weeks and in big corporates, it's the next, I don't know, three to five years. I think we should make sure that we understand the roadmap is the what and the how, but we need to understand the why first. And this is also where I think that's the major part of the strategy, just making sure we know the context and we know the macro view about our product or the market we operate in to then be able to draw the right conclusions um, on the what and the how. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. Actually, I think that roadmap is one of the most misunderstood tools in uh, product strategy. It, we might even make a full podcast just around uh, around roadmaps there. Um, but the most important thing from this, we're not talking about roadmaps, but around strategy, from my perspective, to keep in mind here is that um, the strategy needs to be about hard calls and general direction and then the roadmap basically follows out of it because you know if i if i want to um to get into this market then i need to develop features which work in this market but the decision that's the market i want to go into has to live above it otherwise it's um it's too easy to get lost in the details absolutely hey daniel i have one um, last question how do you communicate the strategy to a larger audience. So when you were at McKinsey, you probably have shared, you know, slide decks with the senior leadership team. But what is just as important is to make sure that the strategy flows through the whole organization and everyone understands what's in there and why. And I would love to see whether you have found good ways and approaches of how to make sure um, every employee is able to explain the strategy to a new joiner. Yeah, let's really talk about this more from the startup perspective because I feel like that's what most of the audience will be interested in. And um, for for startups with a certain size where you cannot just have everyone in, in a small room at one, around one table, this already is a problem which is quite similar. Um, so for, for me, what worked quite well is on one hand to just make sure to, uh, to that everyone is in some way part of creating the strategy. So especially around the situation, I'm going to just talk with everyone I can talk to either directly or talk indirectly with help of, uh, of leads and um, directors who take care of their uh, specific department uh, and ask them to also speak with uh, the people working for them so that it's not something which comes out of nowhere, but people are taken on the journey of discovering the strategy instead of just seeing the result. Um, then for me, it's always a question of uh, talking about the same topic a lot and in different channels. So I have uh, discussions where I'm talking in a meeting with everyone, uh, like a presentation style. I have documents people can read. I have one-on-one -on -one sessions where people can ask questions. And um, just having these different channels and the repetition uh, already makes a huge difference. And then last but not least, making sure that everyone can feel the strategy in their day-to-day, -day, which also shows whether it's a good strategy or not, because if it doesn't actually change anything for the way that they work, then why do we have a strategy at all? What's Absolutely. your approach? Yeah, thanks for your insights, Daniel. I think I can add more of the corporate view here because I work at Zalando with you know several thousand um, employees. So I think what is most important for those who work in bigger companies is to, first of all, understand the overall company strategy that is provided by the you know, C-level um, team. 
and then derive your own strategy from this. So this can either be an overall department strategy if you are, you know, the business in the business, which then um, would result in even functional strategies, but can also be functional strategies directly. So what's the difference? The department strategy is, you know, for one business unit, what is our overall strategy and how does this relate to the company strategy? Whereas a functional strategy, what we have just talked about, for example, product strategy, engineering strategy, and so on and so forth are the, let's say, if you look at this from a hierarchy perspective, the lowest um, level of where you would create strategies and what I then do is I first of all make sure that all of my um, teams and peers understand the company strategy which is provided by C-level which they you know do in a you know perfect way by sharing and also having all these all hands and um, sessions where people can ask questions and then I go into discussions with my teams and just ask hey what is our role in the company strategy? How can we contribute? How can we make sure that this strategy um, is enabled over the next three years? And then I start a discussion just with my teams. Um, and once I feel they understood, we then deep dive and see, okay, so what's our stake in this? And then we develop our own strategy from this, always making sure that we follow the same um, mission, vision, and then also all the KPIs because we overall, right, all want to contribute to the company's success. So, yeah, I just try to make sure that um, we all work in the same direction. And because we do it together, as you said, also for startups, um, this automatically ensures that everyone is aware and everyone can relate to and also understands. Great. I think we need to come to an end for our podcast for today, but I found it was really, really helpful to talk with you. I learned a lot of new things about how to in, uh, work on product strategy, also at a slightly bigger company. And um, yeah, I hope everyone else also had fun listening in. Um, if you if you don't yet, feel free to follow the podcast and uh, also feel free to tell others about the Mentoring Club. We are always happy to help more people and also for others who want to help. Absolutely. Thank you, Daniel, for this um, very insightful session. And I also say goodbye to our listeners. See you next time around. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in today. If you like the Insights Podcast, please spread the word in your network. Finally, big shout out to LinkedIn for supporting us and helping the Mentoring Club grow. Now, we wish you all the best on your growth journey. See you soon.